Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is clawhammer banjoist, restaurateur, and queen of Burhania, Hilary Burhans. We recorded this episode at the Brandywine Revival Festival, and I'm really excited for you to hear it. Hillary is one of my very favorite humans. She's charming and generous and hilarious, and I think she's responsible in no small part for the quality of the culture of old-time music, which is mostly why I play. So I feel a lot of gratitude and respect for her. Last year, when West Virginia was hit with a really scary flash flood, Hillary led the charge to raise money and express our gratitude to the community that hosts Clifftop every year. She also hosts a dinner party almost every night of the week at Clifftop that is attended by hundreds of people, some of which choose to donate money to help cover costs. And it's like really good food. (laughs) Hillary also has about 150 free banjo lessons on YouTube. She makes them for her students, but they're online for anyone to watch. Oh, and I don't think I mentioned it yet, but Hillary Burhans is badass at the banjo. She's one of the best. Her rhythm is unstoppable. Her tone is incredible. And the way she adapts fiddle melodies to the banjo, I think, makes her one of the musically wisest players in the old time community. You have to have a real insight into what makes a tune special to make it sing on the banjo the way Hillary can. And all of this is connected. I really do think that the same qualities that make a good person make a good old-time musician. And Hillary exemplifies that to a T. I'm really proud to have her on my show, and I hope you stick around after the interview to find out where her music is online. All right, let's get it started. Here's my jam and chat with Hillary Burhans. Enjoy. Thank you. 
Hillary Brighans, welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Why, thank you, Cameron. So, uh, I think it was about four years ago, I went to my first cliff top. I didn't have any food. Uh, I didn't know anybody. I probably had a lot of food. <laughs> and some, sometime about halfway through my first week, um, someone said, there is a donation-based, but mo- you know, but optional free dinner party. Dinner party uh, on the other end, on one of the outlets that you probably haven't explored yet. The high rent district. Yeah, the high rent district. <laughs> and uh, I was like, I I gotta figure out where that is. <laughs> and then uh, I think my first night may have been on um, the Indian food night, and I didn't. When you said dinner party, whoever said dinner party, I thought it would be like, you know, just like a little potluck, but it was like a restaurant because you're a well, restaurant. We usually have about owner. 350 people on Indian night. It's yeah. been as high as 400 yeah. and as low as maybe 250 or three, 300, but So yeah. my introduction to you was you're kind of like the most hospitable person that I've Aww. ever met and, uh, Aww, ma- and you're an amazing chef. I did not know that you were also one of like best, most beautiful tone like call hammer players. I'm Aww. not just trying to like butter your bread right now. That's how I'm, I feel. I'm gonna <laughs> like, have to get a shunt invo- installed to relieve the swelling soon here if you go on. <laughs> just so, so stop. So stop it. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, you know, when we first started going to Clifftop, we went the first three years, and then we hadn't gone back for years. We found it really hard to kind of break into. Clifftop, and as a banjo player, you know, you can wander around. Every when jam you, already has a banjo. When you say the first three years. The very first The very years. first. I can't and remember what years those were, but the first one and the next one and the next one. I remember the very first year, and they had the Neotrad contest, and my band at the time, we all went, and I remember that we played by Mir Bistuchin. Uh, really? For the, for the, uh, I love that song. The, yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, when we started going back again... Um, we, Mark and I thought, well, you know, we can go back, but a friend of ours, my friend Laura Light, um, said, well, you should come camp near us. Everybody's super friendly. Yeah. So that's why we're Ohioans and we camp with all those people from Virginia. Yeah. Um, in that area they call Carterville, mm-hmm. um, which you'd think might be named after the Carter family, but I think it's named after Will Carter. Okay. Who kind of started Clifftop, sort of. It yeah. was his brainchild. But, um, so yeah, we... Uh, uh, we found the neighborhood to be very warm and welcoming and yeah. and eclectic, too, musically. You know, Mark likes to play a lot of swing fiddle and stuff, yeah. and so he found a home there, too. And, but when we first decided to go back, we thought, well, let's... I'm not going to go wandering around in the night looking for a jam I can get into. Yeah. Let's just do what we do, yeah. which is to provide food and drink and uh, a warm hearth and see if people just will come to us. Yeah. And they did, and they do, and it's really awesome. So we try to, because of that that experience in the beginning, we try to be as warm and welcoming for newbies at Clifftop as we can, yeah. in terms of, you know, ours is a very banjo-friendly camp, you know, nobody says, nope, sorry, one banjo, yeah. you know, per jam, or anything like that in my camp, so. I love playing two banjos, in fact, this is this is going to be super fun, because yeah. <laughs> so rarely do you get to sit down with another banjo player and, and just play banjos together, yeah, it's really totally. fun. Although, I have had luck with the whole banjo thing. Um, one year, we won the Neotrad with a uh, band competition at Clifftop with, with uh, t- three banjos. And then we won the trad banjo, I mean the trad, see I'm calling it a banjo contest, the trad band contest, the traditional band contest with 
two banjos and a banjo uke really? and a fiddle and bass. Wow. And so, yeah, we, 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 we like no guitar, you know, in yeah. either of those bands. <laughs> so, That's awesome. So, yeah. So that Cumberland Gap that we just played, so, so it's funny. That's uh, kind of just a generic festival version as yeah. far as I know. One time Mark and I woke up in Cumberland, Maryland, which is, of course, not the Cumberland yes. of Cumberland Gap, which would be Kentucky. But, but uh, it, we, it, in our head were all these verses, starting with one that I can't actually probably say in your podcast. No, you can say whatever can you say want. say whatever. Yeah, well, we went there's to, an explicit we went to, tag. We went to a, we went to a breakfast um, at the, you know, the we were in some crappy motel, and we went to a, uh, the uh, the place for breakfast that was next to the motel. And the market said, "Do we should we check out?" You know, of the motel. I said, "No, I might want to come back to the room, yeah. you know, after breakfast, so that we don't have to, you know, use the restroom at the motel." Yeah. You know, so, so then while we were eating, it just popped in my head. You know, woke up early in the Cumberland Gap, went back to the room, took a Cumberland crap. You know? <laughs> so from then on. We started thinking of all these verses that morning. Things like, um, me and my wife and my wife's pap, we all lay down, took a Cumberland nap. I'm making good. air quotes. <laughs> for your, um, my favorite was, I got lost in the Cumberland Gap, so I used my iPhone's Cumberland app. It's pretty good. You know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Well, you want to play another D-tune or something? Yeah, let's uh, let's do that Avalon quick step. Oh, yeah. You'll have to start it so I remember how... Okay. That's my problem is I, I can never remember how anything goes. I can kind of remember how they go once we start playing. Oh, yeah. You can just start it and I'll figure it out. Cool. Okay, kick it off there.
<laughs> so that's a tune that I think I've only ever played with my son. And you know, my husband Mark is a fiddler. Yeah. And um, but when I started playing fiddle a couple like two years ago, and I think he was like your. He's my your very first? first guest that I recorded. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> very, very first one. It was at and Pete and only, Kelly's birthday party. Was he playing fiddle then? He had been playing he? fiddle for, it must have been less than a year. Yeah. Yeah, he's only played for a little, like a little more than two years now, I think. Two, two yeah. years, but tearing it up these days. <laughs> yeah. But, um, uh, so he's in, living in Germany. Yeah. And so I miss playing these tunes with him. You know, there's, I, I, uh, there's, there's so many tunes that, um, that he plays that Mark doesn't necessarily play. And, and, uh, yeah, it's nice to get, get a chance. Yeah, to you got two fiddlers to now to like. I know. Feed you cool tunes. Yeah. Two different yeah. sources. Yeah, raise one from a pup and yeah. and practically raise the other one from a pup since we met in high school. <laughs> uh, when I had Rye on on the show, I was like, does does your mom does she like that you know you play fiddle now and that you play old time music? And he says, Cam he said something to the effect of like, Cameron, do you know how much? Bad son shit I could get away with just because how happy it makes my mom to like <laughs> come play old time with her. Oh, it's he like, did all the bad son stuff earlier. He's yeah. doing all the good son stuff now, so. It sure is. Um, I would love for you to tell me, how did you get into playing music, period? Mm. And then how did you get into old time? Are those the same story? Yeah, same story. Same story? Really. Wonderful. Same story. Yeah. So I was in high school. I moved to uh, to Athens, Ohio from Addis Ababa, Ethiopia in 10th grade. And I had Let's back a, up a little bit. What? Okay. You grew up in Ethiopia? Well, Ethiopia, Pakistan, and also Arizona, Wisconsin, Massachusetts, yeah. uh, here and there. My dad was an academic, and uh, so he liked to live overseas. Um, so Very did my cool. mom. We always had lots of weird pets and things. I had baboons, monkeys. I had like baboon bite scars <laughs> on my wrists and stuff. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, so, uh, we, but we moved there. My dad got a job teaching at Ohio University and moved there in 10th grade. Yeah. And uh, so we ended up, um, uh, Mark was, uh, when I was a junior, yeah, when I was a junior, he would have been a freshman. And um, Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These differences don't matter so much now. No. But, but by the time I was in college, I was waiting for him to get off the school bus. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. it was kind of different then, you know. <laughs> yeah. But um, he was playing fiddle with um, our friend Dana Loomis, who's playing banjo and stuff. And I was kind of wanting to figure out some way to get to hang with this guy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I started playing auto harp um, and just got into old time music and you know we're living in the Appalachian part of Ohio and yeah. there was a lot going on and go down to Kentucky to festivals and stuff Carter Caves and stuff like that Fraley Family Festival and what drew you to um, auto harp oh it was there Mark's parents had gotcha. one in their attic yeah. you know that's all yeah um and then and dulcimer but I really I'm just a one trick pony really banjo is all I do I never moved on to fiddle or anything like everybody else does there'd be a lot of really awesome banjo players in this in this world if they didn't just stop and start <laughs> playing fiddle all the time but um, but that's what they do yeah. <laughs> all the time but um, uh, well I'm making sure to not get so, too good at fiddle well the thing the thing about <laughs> kind of growing up together with Mark as a fiddler um, I think it changed both his fiddling and my banjo playing yeah. in in some ways that um, for good or bad but it made me 
it, it made him into probably a less driving, in general, rhythmic fiddler yeah. and more able to explore melody and interesting stuff. Yeah. Because I was always there yeah. to be the drum, you know. That makes sense, yeah. And then I, on the other hand, I never became a particularly melodic... That, that Avalon quick step we just played was probably the most melodic <laughs> thing, you know. I mean, I don't usually... I'm usually... I don't bother with three quarters of the notes, you know. I mean, it's just I'm just basically sketching it out. Yeah. Maybe suggesting some chords. I don't. I, I'm. I'm. I'm not nearly as home at at home up on the neck uh, on the fingerboard as you are. <laughs> um, I just kind of, you know, uh, not much money past the seventh fret and all that stuff, <laughs> you know. So I. I um, it's pretty basic what I do, but I do it with gusto. So. So you think the yeah the way your style developed is just sort of the natural way that your relationship develops yep, like exactly. the way that roles develop yeah in your yeah yeah exactly that's awesome yeah and so it 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 it, it informed my banjo playing yeah it informed his fiddling that and makes your banjo playing just so much more beautiful to me. yeah it already is but like that's <laughs> well, thank you that's that's really cool i, I love it when music uh, can be explained by mm -hmm. some sort of relational or outside like yeah yeah that's cool yeah that's cool um, so when was he playing fiddle in just when you in met high him? school in yeah. high school high school yeah so in high school you yeah. started I can I can pinpoint the exact moment that I fell in love with him yeah he was Dish. I was over <laughs> at his house he was sitting on his porch you know it's big old Athens kind of house you know two-story frame house you know shady porch it was in the summertime and he was sitting on his porch and I remember sitting there on the porch swing well I was sitting he was sitting on the porch swing I was sitting there near the porch swing and he was had a guitar and he was playing um, uh, Matty Groves uh, ballad uh, like a um, Doc Watson yeah. off a of Doc Watson album you know Matty Groves and singing this this ballad and I thought I just would like to be with this guy yeah. forever. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. He doesn't play much guitar anymore. He plays trombone now. He has a nine-piece yeah. band. Um, my daughter is a lead singer in it, the Wild Honeybees. They're constantly winning like best band in Athens because they are the best band in Athens. They're a great, good-time party band. You know, They're just truly awesome. And, you know, Emily plays in, my daughter plays in two different bands with her dad. Yeah. And it's always kind of like, I have two kids, Emily and, and Rye, and... It's always been kind of Emily and her dad playing music yeah. together. And that's one of the reasons it's I don't feel guilty at all really, really enjoying playing playing music with Rye. Yeah. You know? But Rye quickly grew to be not just a fiddler that is nice to have around to play, you know, play tunes. He's actually one of my favorite fiddlers. Yeah. You know, I mean he's just really fun to play with. He's got a great groove and it's easy to lock in and, and stuff, you know. And I mean I can count on fingers of of like five, you know, on two hands or less, you know, my favorite fiddlers, and he's definitely right up there, and and would be even if he wasn't my kid. So that's cool. That's you know? awesome. And then part of the part of the time I have him in my house. Of course, now he's yeah. Now he's got a sweetie, and he's in Germany. So <laughs> well, that'll happen. Yeah. So, um, but it's good. It's really good. Um, I think I'll be in Europe in November. So if there, if if he and Charmaine are there, I'll plan to go visit them. Have you been to Germany before? Uh, you know, not since I was a kid. Um, was that another place that you grew up? No, <laughs> okay. no, no. I, but, I mean, you know, we, you travel, yeah. you, you visit and stuff. Um, no, in recent years, I mean, 
I did a tour in Australia with Sugar Pie with Kelly and and, um, and Jane Rothfield and and um, Saber Guzman was with us for that one and then uh, Mark and I have gone to India and uh, and and Nepal and stuff which was awfully fun playing old time music with the Gandharva musicians in, in oh. Kathmandu and stuff that was really yeah. neat. Is that at all related to the? Um couple years ago when that like mountain music project guy. it wasn't really related with it to the mountain mu- music project thing but actually tara's got i mean we have i met some of those guys because of her i think yeah and uh then kelly allen has has contacts with she has she has nepalese music contacts wow. there with like these you know nuns and oh no it's not kelly excuse me hillary durlam okay she goes to Nepal a lot, I think, and has contacts there with uh, musical contacts. Yeah, I gotta go to Nepal. Play you know, some it's tunes. it's crazy how much these these traditional uh, Nepali tunes are like old time tunes. Yeah. And they grok our stuff, and you can grok their stuff. It's amazing. That's so cool. Um, it's so cool. Because usually, like, I thought about that's one of the reasons I started picking up fiddle is because I was like, I would like to be able to play an instrument that I could play in any setting, mm-hmm. you know, hypothetically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if it's I'm, a very versatile instrument. Yeah. But it's nice to know that there's somewhere else where, like, I could probably be, bring my banjo. I mm-hmm. guess that in, like, yeah. West Africa, probably. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, and I've never... That's one place... West Africa is some place I've never been... A, yeah. a, I've never really... Tra- you know, we traveled all over East Africa, but when I was younger, but that's where you'd vacation is Kenya, Tanzania, Uganda, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. And, um... Uh, so, well, let's um, take a quick tuning break and go to A modal. Okay. Here we go. Well, what are we playing? Uh, squirrel hunters. Oh, okay. Uh, squirrel hunters. Okay. Here we go. Um, okay.
want to point out that was not me doing all that fancy stuff. That was Cameron. <laughs> in case you can't tell. <laughs> I don't know how they're going to be able to tell. It's just oh, good. They'll be able to tell. Bum ditties across their ears <laughs> while they're on the train or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's funny. I, I spent 20 years playing in a contra dance band. Yeah. And I, I almost learned no old time tunes during that period of time. I feel like I learned to play the banjo well in a certain yes. way, yeah. but I didn't learn tunes. So this is the last five years or so has been a, like a kind of a explosion of, wow, yeah. there's so many tunes. It's a little time and all that, like the bumper sticker says, but, um, uh, you know, I'm fortunate in that I have a decent ear for picking up things pretty quickly. Um, but, uh, but I never, like a lot of banjos players, I think they sit down and they actually learn versions of tunes. And other than the first tunes I learned when I was learning to play the banjo, I never really did that. Right. And so I, I, there's kind of these weird gaps in my, <laughs> there's kind of these weird gaps in my, in my banjo playing a little bit that uh, are, are unusual in a way that I, I don't, uh, like I recently learned uh, the the names. Uh, I mean, what what strings the notes that strings are uh -huh. in, in G tuning and you know and double C and stuff. I could figure them out because I knew that you know. But uh, very very kind of odd gaps. My dad was a jazz pianist, so there's yeah. there's there's there should be. I mean, I had a couple of band. I had some guitar. I mean, piano lessons when I was a kid, but they did not take. Interesting. <laughs> but so, I, in fact, I flunked music theory 101A for non-majors at Ohio University <laughs> twice. <laughs> so. So, um, well, people. Some people theorize it. You just do it. Uh, yeah. Well, I kind of just do it. Yeah. I guess. But. Um, but one thing about playing in the whatever it was, I was I was I had a point here somewhere. Okay. But playing in the contra dance band, yes. our band was called the Hot Point String Band, yes. and it was really kind of uh, known for sort of this kind of wall of rhythm thing. We have yeah. a Very loud percussionist. Um, had a piano player that's not you know that I means she was right on you know, but not fancy. Yeah. And um, and a bass player and me and fiddle. Um, and, uh, it was very, very, uh, there was no room for subtlety. Yeah. Even though you're mic'd and it's good, actually, I, I was given a, gifted an incredibly good mic at one point and all of a sudden, it's like I found it was worthwhile to go ahead and play some notes that I might have just yeah, yeah. not messed with because you could actually hear them. I mean, at least I could hear them in the monitor, you know, so it did change my playing to have that really good microphone. But um, but on the whole, I'm pretty uh, not subtle and <laughs> pretty just sort of loud and rhythmic, but not, you know, particularly melodic. Well, I think the subtlety of, of, of quote unquote, like playing banjoistically, uh -huh. like playing playing like a like a banjo player like how to hear a melody and adapt it uh -huh. to a like banjo um to a banjo context i think it's like really hard to do um and i think it takes it a lot of subtlety to actually make the sort of skeleton and the contour of the tune it's sort of philosophical because you have to uh -huh. decide like what notes make this tune the tune right and like 
you play your versions of the tunes, obviously they have less notes mm-hmm. um, than like a lot of fiddlers would play the tunes. But I like to think I play the important ones. But it's the, <laughs> I know it's the tune, and like you're like emphasizing, I think there's like a an immense amount of subtlety there. And, well, like, one thing that I do do, I said do do. <laughs> very good. Um, one thing that I do do, <laughs> I said do do twice, was, is, and when, when people talk about drive in banjo yeah. playing, um, I mean, I've had to kind of teach workshops or something where I, they want to know how to, you know, uh, give it your banjo playing that, uh. and I'll tell you, I I did a lot of thinking about my own playing in yeah. a way. I'm not a real, you know, navel gazer kind of. I mean, I don't really analyze what right. I do much. I mean, I, not normally, but I had to yeah. kind of for this. And um, one of the main things I do is just uh, I don't play. <laughs> I don't give equal weight to all the notes, yes. and I play the one, by God. You know, I play the one, and that's emphasized big time. And because I played for contra dancing for so long, the one in the beginning of every phrase of four and every phrase of eight, I mean, yeah. the, it, my music is chunked yes. in phrases more than a lot of banjo players. Yeah. There's, there's more, you know, there's lots of times when I'll just sort of, I'll damp my strings really fast with my hand while I'm playing. Um, Yeah. You know, and I'll do things like that that other people don't do. And I was kind of an extreme version, but but I'll do things like that that, that comes from playing for dancers and yes. having to make sure they know what's ha- what where they are in the dance it, by making sure the music is telling them that. You know, because yeah. unlike square dancing where you're actually having to listen to the collar and what you really need is just a, a beat and some interesting, you know, some drive and, and stuff. But also, the dancers are all listening to the collar. But yeah, in contra yeah. dancing, after the first few times through, the collar stops calling and they're just dancing to the music. And if they don't have things they can hear in the music that they can kind of um, that tell their body that it's time to time to stop this swing and move on to the next yes. thing, then they're they're kind of at sea. Yeah. And I think that's what, one of the reasons why our contra dance band, which was you know, it's not necessarily with, with one sort of exception. Um, our percussionist is a pretty accomplished dude. But we're kind of greater than the sum of our parts because yeah. we just had that. We, 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 we're all kind of dancers and stuff, and, and we just know what they need. And that made it, made it better, I think. Made yeah. us, made it, when we're also, the fact that we were an actual band, we all live in the same town and stuff, and most contra dance bands that are playing dance weekends would be out doing uh, all kinds of, you know, it'd be the sort of basically pick up bands from from East Coast, West Coast, and so forth. So, you know, that's that's interesting. Uh, the the intention that you put in to basically providing a service, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, doing something that people can dance to and and turn off their brains and just like follow your intuitive lead mm-hmm. I feel like the intention to go to to provide that service is like the same intention that uh, is needed just to make music accessible too I feel yeah. like it, I feel like it's the same like people often need don't know how to listen to music yeah and I feel like those same like cues and that same amount of attention of like this is this section this is that section except there's a difference between playing for yourself and being hired to do a job yeah and like we were hired to do a job yeah and 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 so where I might not 
Now, some of the some of the things from those years and yep. years of playing, doing that job, yes, um, does uh, carry over in in what I you know in the way I play. Yeah, but but in in a large part, you know, I it's one of the things about old time music is it is so accessible. Yes, and uh, and it's and it's easy enough to um, to you 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 don't. You don't have to be playing for other people all the time. You're yes. just playing for yourselves, yeah. you know? And that's what's so fun about it. <laughs> totally. It's not necessarily performance-oriented. I think that's, yeah, I think that's why a lot of people like it, because they feel like they're a fly on the wall yeah. witnessing something. And that was yeah. the same with playing in a concert dance band. You know, you, nobody's looking at you on stage. I remember, I mean, they... they you meet them in the dance floor when the, the other band at a weekend is playing and yeah. nobody even knows that you were in the other band. Yeah. And it's it's great, you know? Um, yeah, they're all like... They're dancing. They don't pay to... The first contra dance band uh, that I ever went to, the first dance weekend I ever went to, or it was a week, it was at Augusta Dance Week. It was years ago. And, and um, I don't think we were even... I wasn't even playing in the... We weren't playing for contra dances at that point or anything. And... Um, I'm, I was completely unaware of who the band was, the main attraction, the headliner. I mean, I was very aware of other dancers and all the stuff and, uh, you know, the, the everything. Years later, I kind of reconstructed this who was the band that year that I was there, and it was Wild Asparagus, who were kind of at the time and probably still are just like the, the top of the heap in yeah. terms of contra dance bands. Um, playing weekends, they certainly commanded, you know, kind of the highest price at the time and so mm -hmm. forth. And they were awesome, truly awesome. But um, I had no idea who it even was. I didn't care. You know, I yeah. wouldn't pay much attention to it. The music was great. Yeah. That's all I remember, you yeah. know. And so it's pretty anonymous, too, anonymizing playing in a country dance band. Yeah. Even though you're on stage, you're playing for dancers. And as long as you're playing dance music, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're they're all making sure they're not stepping on feet. Yeah. They're, and they're making and they're eyes at people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Winking and... <laughs> I would love to ask you a couple questions before we play the next tune about, like... Maybe maybe some of the banjo nerds who listened who listen to this show would be interested in like how do you get your sound? Um, we've talked about like your ethic, but mm -hmm. like I don't know. Maybe just okay. talk a little bit of banjo shop. How okay. do you set up your banjo? Sure. Yeah. Well, this banjo that I play the most. I have a couple of other banjos, but this is my main banjo. I have one of those Mark Horowitz old time banjos with the Atlas pot um, uh, and the 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 carbon fiber neck. And stuff, and it's great. It has this really incredibly pure tone and stuff, yeah. um, but it hasn't supplanted this one yet in my like. If I'm going to grab one banjo, yeah. you know, I, this is the one I play, and I played it for years. Um, and it's an awesome banjo. Don't get me wrong, but I, I this is the one I have here, and um, this is a pot from a Vega Little Wonder banjo guitar. I have the guitar neck, a six-string neck that's hanging on my wall. Um, the Rye was always trying to get me to reunite it with the pot, uh -huh. it, you know, because he could play it then, you know. Yeah. Um, this neck was made for this pot by a maker in our area, a fellow who's, I think, just hanging on death's door in a nursing oh. home or something right now, um, named Bob White, um, who is really known for all his amazing inlay work, which this is not fancy at all, this is not a, but he made white dove mandolins. His wife's name is Dove. Oh. And, uh... Um, they had a daughter named Robin, and uh, you know, continuing with the Bob White bird yeah. theme. But um, and uh, John Hutchison Jr. Um, uh, uh, some readers might know John Hutchison Sr. He's who we get 
like three thin dimes and two wide nickels and stuff from a fiddler from around Barnesville, Ohio. Uh, his son, John, who is older than me and lives in Athens, um, he had had Bob put this together, I think, for him. And then he sold it to me at some point when, I don't know, Scrabble debts or something, I don't know. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, uh, so I, 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 it's I've got a just a Renaissance head, just a just a rolled um, brass. It, there's no there's no um, yeah, it's just a rolled brass tone ring. No scoop. A, no scoop. Yeah. Um, so I used to have the action a lot higher. Then when I got the 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 Mark Horowitz banjo, yeah. Um, the action was really low, and I really started really liking that. Yeah. But it has a scoop. But I just lowered this as much as I could. Um, and just with a lower bridge, basically a little, yeah. little um, and uh, so um, so it has that little wonder pot, and um, I use medium uh, medium gauge strings. I use the elixir strings. Um, it just has a no knot tail piece, and uh, uh, I have I stuff pretty heavily. I have a, a rubber truck yeah. <laughs> in here stuffing this right now it's like a big old blue semi I keep a little bit of stuffing under my strings um, uh, between the tailpiece and the and the bridge just because this banjo seems to have a lot of overtones that you hear from from those strings and huh. I kind of just assume not fight have those duking it out with everything else Interesting. Um, doesn't make that big a difference it's really just subtle but then I think one of the main things people think oh set up people do ask me how's my banjo yeah. set up because they like the sound of the banjo and everything um, I think a lot of it is my fingernails so I get salon applied acrylic you know fake nails if my nails are really short and my nails are like I mean, I've had fake nails on for a long, long time. You know, you take, I like to take them off and let them breathe every once in a while if I don't have any gigs or something. Yeah. They're like soft shell crabs, you know, when you first <laughs> pick off this. But I've never had a nail infection or anything like that, yeah. you know, no fungus, anything. It's always been, it solved the problem I had much of my younger life of like hoping and praying I would actually have a fingernail when I had this gig, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's stressful. It is stressful. Yeah. So now it's not stressful because now, you know, so I go to the salon and for like, uh, uh, you know, 14 bucks or something, they yeah. put, I, I have three fake nails, my index, middle, and ring fingers. Yeah. And um, I have them do a tip if I don't have much nail at all. Yeah. And then they do acrylic, it's like a powder and a, and a solvent, and yeah. they smooth that on. And, and then I have them put gel over the top of that, which is a, it's a cured with UV light. And, um, and then I have a little UV, little uh -huh. dr grocery drugstore UV light machine thing that I stick my fingernails in with gel tubes, like fill gaps. I can fill them in between going, so I only have to go every couple months. So are, are your nails like pretty indestructible now? Oh yeah! Oh That's my god, awesome. these are these are <laughs> these are super super tough. I bet that comes in maybe handy when you're like cooking and stuff yeah, too. You're actually technically, I have a I have a restaurant and. Technically, you can't have fake nails if you're working in the kitchen. Okay, I can redact this if you need. Yes, that's all right. It's all right. I, I don't do all that much cooking as an yeah. executive chef. But yeah. It's more planning and yeah. organizing and, you know, purchasing and all that stuff these days. I do cook a cliff top, but I wear gloves. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So uh, that's, that's that kind of, you know, that's about all the setup that... I you know in the Conjunance band I, we change um, change uh, keys in the middle of medleys yeah 
And not a lot because I am in the band and I have a say, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but um, but but we do, and so I like a really quick change capo. I use this Kaiser 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 whatever it is, and uh, uh, I'm very fond of the Moon Bridges. When my when my when my um, when my action was higher, I had to have an, an, uh, a moon bridge to help me with the intonation. But now this is just a straight bridge because my action is lower and yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's easy. That's the yeah, same thing for me. Yeah. 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 Uh, awesome. Sorry if that was boring for anyone, but I'm sure all the banjo nerds are just <laughs> like... Uh, yeah, great. We, we won't I, say you... what they're doing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's... Uh, Let's do Jeff Sturgeon. <gasps> Jeff Sturgeon, I love Jeff Sturgeon. Do you know Jeff Sturgeon? The time I first learned this tune, I was with Scotty Leach at my first cliff top. Scotty Leach, Scotty Leach. And uh, we were talking about like people we knew in common. And uh, he, I was like, "Do you know this person?" He's like, "Do you know that person?" We we're going back and forth. And then he said, "Do you know Jeff Sturgeon?" And I was like, oh, "Man, that sure sounds familiar, doesn't it?" Uh, and we had a, a good. <laughs> Five minute misunderstanding until he started playing. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> Jeff Sturgeon." That's gotcha. great. That's great. Um, let me just make sure I'm caught up. Yeah, this is interesting. You play this out of modal tuning, and I play out of a straight A. I tried doing it both ways. I think it makes this look a little easier. Yeah, but you play all those notes. Yeah. I, I don't even play those notes. Yeah, you don't so need to do it I don't all. need to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need no stinking. Okay. For me, you know, there's always a part of it, something that makes the tune. Yeah. You know what I mean? If those two are notes, notes are not in tune, then... Yeah. Uh, I, I like tunes where that where you're really hitting that fourth string open and letting it ring. Yeah. I, I, there are a lot of tunes in A that do that, and I love those tunes. Okay, just play. Let's play it. Okay.
old Jeff. Good old Jeff, <laughs> whoever he was. Yeah. So, um, this last tune, this is when I found out that you're also an awesome banjo player because I think shortly after that cliff top uh-huh. that I first came, uh, Banjo Hangout started doing their monthly like banjo contest. Oh, yeah. And uh, there, I think it was a waltz. There was a waltz thing, um, and I played a waltz, and I won a banjo. It was a really awesome minstrel banjo. I would have brought it here to this festival where we're recording this right now, as you can kind of hear probably in the background. But but it's got a skin head. Yeah. (laughs) You know. Yeah. It's it's kind of, you know, flabby at this point. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, uh, But it's an original tune that you wrote. Yeah, this is a tune that, um, actually, my friend Jane Rothfield and I wrote together. Oh, yes. Sorry, I wrote, Jane. I wrote I first part, and she wrote the second part, and we just mushed them together. Um, it's like, I've got the half of a waltz, and she said, I've got half of a waltz. Interesting. <laughs> you yeah. know, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, there are tunes that we sat down and that did together, you know, just let's write a tune. We sat down and wrote a tune, and uh, and they turned out great. Um, maybe I'll play one of those in a little bit. But... Um, I don't know. We just we play contra dances, and you always yeah. get a chance to play waltz. And for a long time, I never played waltzes in Kleinhorn banjo. And then I started writing my own because figured, well, if I wrote them, they're easy to play. And now I can. Yeah. Now I I really really like playing waltzes. I mean, I will sit down and play an hour of waltzes with anybody, you know, at the drop of a hat. I love it. But um, I should mind you for some waltzes. At one point, I used to just like kind of go waltz when the band played a waltz, and uh, I was encouraged to come up and help everybody hold it together so right on so we started doing that let me get into d real quick and then we'll we'll play it so this is the last tune uh thanks so much for being on the show hillary and (laughs) it's uh, my pleasure yeah (laughs) it's great to get to sit down one-on-one yeah tunes always love double banjos banjos. yeah Yeah. (laughs) uh what's the name of this tune Oh, this is called Missing You All the Way Home. And this is a tune that Jane Rothfield and I wrote and uh, waltz. And I like playing waltzes on Kleinheimer banjo. Um, so uh, it had no name for the longest time. It was like Jane and Hillary's waltz that they don't have a name for or something. But we were playing it for a contra dance and we announced at the beginning of the, we played it as the last waltz of the weekend. And we announced at the beginning that uh, that it had no name, and if somebody came up with a perfect name for it, you know. And two women who were waltzing came up together, came up at the end and said, we have the name, we have the name. It's called Missing You All the Way Home. And it really, I hear those, that lyric in the the very last line of the tune, Missing yeah. You All the Way Home. So, <laughs> yeah. and, it, and it's wistful, and it's, yeah. it's kind of makes a great last waltz. And But there's also a little bit of like, you know, kind of like, Yearning. Yeah. I'm making Because you're like obviously a, not yeah. with the person if you're missing yeah. them all the way home. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's good. It's a good mix of it's sweetness good. and sort of. So, like, it's in yeah. D. And uh, let's play it. Thanks, Hillary. Sure, Cameron.
If you want to hear more of Hillary's music, she has some albums available online for order and download. You can go to hotpointstringband.com and click on the music tab at the top to find links to their albums. Hillary also recorded an old-time album with former guest of the show Jane Rothfield on fiddle. Uh, that group's name is Sugar Pie, and it features Kelly Allen and Sabra Guzman on guitar and bass. You can find a link to that album in this episode's description on your podcast app, uh, the Get Up in the Cool blog at CameronDeWitt.com, or Get Up in the Cool's Facebook page. And if you're an aspiring Clawhammer banjoist, I recommend you spend the next couple years perusing Hillary's YouTube channel. If you like this episode, I encourage you to check out Get Up in the Cool's back catalog. There are over 50 episodes for you to enjoy. If you find yourself binge listening, 
that might be a sign that you're a super fan. If you want to support the show, there are two ways to keep it going. First, introduce a friend to the show. I think most old-time musicians would like Get Up in the Cool if they knew it existed. And I think the same could be said of those who are generally interested in traditional music. I especially need help reaching older potential listeners. Um, A lot of older folks have smartphones but don't know what podcasts are, so give them a little tutorial. My favorite thing to do is to physically take their phones with their permission and subscribe to Get Up in the Cool. Then I drag the podcast app to the favorites bar. Once you're done evangelizing my show, the best way to let me know that you want me to keep doing this is to support Get Up in the Cool on Patreon. Go to CameronDeWitt.com and click the Patreon button. There, you'll find the different levels at which you can regularly support the show with their accompanying rewards, like on-air shoutouts, weekly bonus tracks, MP3 downloads, and online banjo workshops. Speaking of which, we're probably going to do this month's online banjo workshop soon, so if you want in, go to CameronDoIt.com, click the Patreon button, and find the level titled The Banjo Hangout. If you choose a support level with access to the weekly bonus track blog, you'll get to hear this week's bonus track, Hillary and I playing Jane and Hillary's tune, a tune that, you guessed it, Hillary wrote with Jane Rothfield. Thanks for listening, friends. Make sure to come back same time next week for more Get Up in the Cool.